Hello, and I would like to extend a warm cringe evangelical welcome to you all. Uh, we are starting the first little mini course regarding Christian marriage and relationships. This is the dating discernment for women. Um, I thought I should learn how to date before I get married. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to go through today. It is, uh, really weird. I'm already going to give you a warning if purity culture bothers you. Um, I'm not going to get too into it, but just maybe skip this one. Um, it's just peppered throughout. But anyways, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's go. All right. Now, the name of this course was Dating Discernment for Women, and it was taught via free YouTube video by Caroline Roberts, um, who I'm not sure even knows she is the focal point of this course. I can't really tell um, because this is her YouTube video. Just some background on Caroline, our fearless teacher. Um, she owns her own um, woman forward publishing company called Luminous Publishing. It is for women to promote and publish positive God-honoring literature. Um, the one thing I will say about Luminous Publishing, Caroline is a woman of color and she almost entirely uh, employs and works with authors and other women of color. And I do think that is noble. Do I think what they're writing is things that I would agree with or read? No. But you know what? It, it's a tough gig out there to be an author that's a person of color. So... We'll give it to Caroline there. Um, the other thing I want to point out is she also is like a online blogger. Um, not like a mommy blogger. It seems to be just Christian living. Every video I've seen of her, she doesn't really include her kids. So that's who it is. Um, she has some pretty interesting views on dating and relationships and all of it. Um, yeah, so let's get going on that and start with the first big issue that was arisen, which was four red flags with a man. By the way, this is for women. So the idea is that they will only date uh, cisgender men. Uh, this is written, made for cisgender women to date cisgender men. I'm already, I should have given this warning in the very beginning. There's also going to be like a small portion where she kind of does. She's like an ex-gay kind of person. And she talks about struggling with lesbianism. Um, From what she's describing, she is a bisexual woman who just happened to marry a man. And then uses that as like her saving grace. I'm sure there's more to her life than that. And I don't think that she like doesn't love her husband or something. She dated a lot of men and everything, but... She does admit to having, quote-unquote, struggles with lesbianism. So keep that in the back of your mind with some of the stuff she's saying. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into um, what I gleaned from the four red flags in a man section. Now, this was really interesting. Um, the first one was that he has a bad reputation. And she said that if you go to his mother and even his mother won't talk well about him, then you should dump him, which is interesting. Um... Not bad advice, but it's interesting. Um, yeah. The next is that you don't have peace about the relationship. I, I can get behind that. If, if it's only causing problems, why be in it? The next is they've shown their true colors. I'm guessing that that means they're bad true colors, but 
again, like, none of this is necessarily bad advice. She does open up about having, like, a verbally abusive relationship and staying out of that. And I will give her cred that a lot of Christian girls aren't hearing that. She does say things that kind of fly in the face of women feeling they can get out of these relationships right away. But overall, she does really, truly, genuinely seem to believe that women should not be abused and should get out of those relationships, no question asked. Um, and I, I do appreciate that, I will say. I think from her context, the people listening to it need to hear that. So I'll give that. The next is that you and the person you're dating um, never agree on anything. Again, this is common sense. If you need to watch a video that you and a person you don't agree with shouldn't be together, there's a lot more going on. And I mean, never agree. Some of the stuff she said never agree on is like evangelicals would have a hang up with. But for the most part, I know what she's saying. Now, after the four red flags, which is pretty tame, we have the next one, which was how to set boundaries. And what she said is that I was setting boundaries in ways that other people wouldn't because I am Christian woman. And as Christian woman, I will set different boundaries that non-Christian woman won't think of. Those boundaries were focus and status, um, which didn't make sense to me until she explained that the boundary is that the focus can never go off of the boyfriend. It can only go on like God. So if it takes your focus away from God, like that's a boundary. So you don't quote unquote, make your boyfriend an idol. I think this is interesting. I'm going to get into this more later on, but keep this idea in mind. It's going to come up later and I'm going to talk about how it's, not her specifically, but how this as an idea that's pushed and was originated really amongst like white fundamentalist evangelical men, how this idea will push situations um, and set them up so that the church always wins no matter what happens. And we'll just leave it there. I'll get into that more later. Um, the status boundary was very confusing to me. From my understanding, it's a boundary where sh you shouldn't be like, it, it's really just a personal boundary about like where you're willing to go in town, things like that. I couldn't understand honestly what she meant. So I'm not going to get in too deep in it. There's a lot of like word salad in these videos, a lot of rehashing the same idea with different words and calling it a new point. So I also did skip and like skim through stuff where she was truly just repeating the same idea, but just calling it a different idea because she used a synonym. Like it, it's really, it's frankly kind of sad. Um, and those were like what kicked me off. After that, I did skip through, I skipped through, um, some of the stuff that was like, honestly, I knew right away she was frankly going to repeat herself again, literally based on the title. You'll see what I mean when I start naming off her other ideas in other places. It is, it's not the most interesting thing after a while. And we'll get into that, the word salad. Um, the next point um, she makes is, should you kiss before marriage? She said you can, but if it gets you horny, then you cannot. So the rule I wrote down, don't kiss if it gets you horny. Um, the other is she wanted us all to know why we as Christian girlies are um, different than other girls when we date because we are more special and more pure because we are God's children. So what do we do? What makes us just so special and different than other people who also want to do the same exact thing, which is date? That answer is Christian girls are intentional. They care about purpose and not pleasure. That's a dangerous statement. Let's break it down. Um, first of all, dating with purpose in terms of like having goals that you share, like getting married and stuff is fine. 
only dating people with the sole purpose of uh, doing like marriage boot camp with them is weird. Um, Not every relationship, every relationship you should go into like and feel the other person out. Not go through a list and uh, date with this purpose and pray about like what you're going to do next to make it this like high risk tense thing. Um, That's very... I grew up with this language a lot. It's very damaging. It's very damaging. Um, the not pleasure thing is literally just setting women up to never orgasm in their life. I have nothing else to say there. And I'm going to go back to the, um, what was the point I was making before? Oh, when she talks about like the focus, having focus boundaries, that's a good way to make someone feel like a piece of shit for thinking about their boyfriend more than God. Because realistically, um, everyone thinks about their boyfriend more than God because like more people um, have boyfriends than care about God. Also, like, I don't even, I don't even know what I, how do I want to word it, but it's also setting it up so that anything that gets in the way of your church, whether it's a good thing or not, will always go against the church and you should kick that out the church is setting you up that once something gets in the middle of you and the church it's bad and you must run from it and anyone who questions it is bad and you must run with it and they making making that a christian value is um that's why i said it's it it could keep girls in bad relationships because that man's all about church or something like that so she can complain about this verbal abuse thing but at the same time she's setting people up to be abused and not have fulfilling relationships and i'm not saying that hers isn't i think she seems to have found one but uh i don't think she's being fully truthful about her process and how she did all these things um yeah that that's just what i want to say about that i just the whole focus boundaries and should you kiss and purpose not pleasure that that's setting specifically women up because men can get away with a lot more in these cultures to not be happy and to have unsatisfying relationships that are constantly keeping them anxious because they're always looking for a sign or always doing this and like let's say there's a real concern where the girl shouldn't be at that church when you make a boundary that's like it's got to be all about god i mean it just sets people up for bad situations so that's all I wanted to say on that. We'll go to the next section, which is, am I ready to date? Now, this is a biggie because Christian girls can't just start dating. They need to get their heart right with God first. And we're going to learn how. Are you ready to date? Yes, you are ready to date if these four things are happening. I love that. Four things are happening. You best be ready to date, girl. So the first one is you are being tested by God. Um, So what she is saying is that you'll know that you're ready to date if you're being put in positions where you have to make decisions for God and they're tough and he's testing you to see if you're really for him because you have to prove you're for God before you could have a boyfriend. Again, this brings up a lot of questions on consent. So yeah, next one. Um, God reveals his purpose to you. So basically she was saying that, um, if God reveals his purpose, then you will, uh, know to date because you'll know what your life is about. But until you know what your life is about, you can't date because then the men will have to deal with you trying to figure yourself out and that will annoy them. And they just want a woman who knows what she wants, cough, cough, getting married and have kids. So yeah, not much to break down there besides, women need to get their shit together so that men can never have to do anything emotionally laborious in their life. 
The next is my favorite. It's that God will give you practical instructions. And now I've heard this one before a lot. And a lot of the times this, the and this does make sense in the context of this culture, the practical instructions would be like, God set you up to work nursery with the guy you like. So you get to see how he works with kids because you want kids. Or like, God um, brought you into a program where a woman mentors you on relationships. Like, you know, things that actually would have to do with dating directly and would make sense. She does not use this. I actually jaw dropped, did not close it until I paused the video because my mouth was getting really dry. Um, she said this, the practical instructions, and I wrote this verbatim, could be like being led to work out and lose weight. Because if you work out, you'll have a lot of energy. And if you have a lot of kids, you need a lot of energy. God could be getting your body in shape for marriage and for kids. Pauses on purpose. Ladies, you do not need to lose weight to prove you're ready to date. That's crazy. Um, it's fat phobic. And it just plays into these problematic body standards they have, especially for women in this culture. It's disgusting she said this, and she never should have said it. She's very skinny, too, by the way. And I'm not saying that, as a read, she could be naturally skinny. I'm saying that, that I am genuinely concerned that she thinks that staying thin is, like, a, something for her husband, so she'll be sexually viable or something. I don't know. That is a... I wrote it in all caps, being led to lose weight. Like that, you do not need to lose weight to be a good mom. Your weight means nothing. And you can have energy and be fat. Energy and weight, you don't mean anything. You could be the skinniest bitch alive and not have energy. Mental health can impact energy. I'm not going to get too much into this because it gets me really mad. And we've done the body, the body shaming thing a lot on this channel. But girl, shut the fuck up about that. That is not a sign for practical instructions for marriage. Period. Even in a Christian context, that doesn't make sense. I never, ever want to hear something like that again. Terrible. Awful. I learned one thing. This woman fucking hates black people. Next. Um, the next was on divorce. I treaded fine water, but she did bring some bangers. Um, she did say divorce is fine. As long as you recognize that it's probably because you weren't a Christian before you got married. And if you were, it never would have happened in the first place because God would have never let you got married to this person. Um, and if that's not the case, you should feel unending shame and remorse. But overall, divorce is fine because God will always love you. However, your pastor questions. Yeah, um, obviously that's all bullshit. Divorce is totally fine. And it's a completely misogynistic view because it's always the woman's fault in divorce in these cultures. And people will say, oh, I'm putting words in their mouth. Nah, maybe. I'm saying the quiet part out loud. I lived in this shit for like 20 years. I know. They hate divorce. My old church, we actually had a couple who um, the woman had never been married, but the man had been married. And because he was divorced, they were not allowed to get married in our church building or by our pastor as punishment for being divorced. That's disgusting. And that's what happens. So they had to go find another church and another pastor and get married. And then still went to my church after that because they totally accepted it. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely it. If you were divorced, divorced men were asked to be deacons at my church. And because they were divorced, they were not allowed to be deacons. It was a barrier. Um, we were not allowed to have divorced men be pastors. 
fuck if you're a woman. I mean, you're not allowed to do jack shit. At least the men could show up. So yeah, pretty strong views on divorce in these cultures. Pretty shitty views. And to say that God always loves you, but you should feel like shit? Mm-mm. No. People feel enough like shit for getting divorced. You don't need to pile on. Complete crap. I've heard too many horror stories from divorced women, especially with, like, kids, having no support um, in churches because of this issue. Disgusting. These last two really pissed me off, so. Um, and then next one, I love that this is in the middle because I'm doing this in order of the lessons. So we've gone through all this. It's our, like, big questions. The next is, should I date? Like, what? So here are the, the signs that you should date. Are you and the person you want to date unequally yoked? This just means you want to date a non-Christian. Obviously, we all know that's insane. The other is, are they an idol? So this basically means is, do you think about them more than God? Yes, then you shouldn't date them because, you know, you actually seem to really like them. Guys, infatuation is like the first, like mentally, psychologically, infatuation is the first like thing that happens. That's what gets people all together to learn all about each other or whatever. It's a thing. Whatever. I love when we make uh, normal human things sins. Um, the next is what are our deal breakers? So, like I said, this ping pong's like crazy. It doesn't really make sense. And this is where she really starts to just repeat the same fucking points over and over and act like it's a whole new video. There's not much substance. It's a lot of word salad. She'll spend like probably five to six minutes on some points literally repeating shit she said in like three or four other videos and it's not even good or like helpful or interesting or anything like a normal person couldn't find like some of these things my like cashier at tops might tell me you know because it's just such common good advice and knowledge um I can't tell if Christians need things break down like this because they're so repressed and aren't allowed to learn anything that when they're adults, they have to, like, learn things like eight-year-olds would have to learn, like, social-emotionally, because it's not. Fundamentalist Christianity is, like, a psychological nightmare in terms of completely fucking up a child, but I don't know, but she really doesn't, like, I mean, I've always kind of pointed out that evangelicalism is not very, subs doesn't have a lot of substance for being such meat and potatoes Bible people. They really do um, just make shit up and pull it out of their ass and act like it's great and it's going to tell us so much. And it's just not. But their deal breakers are forcing marriage or being abusive, which I think is interesting. She must have specifically had this issue in her life because everything else is about, like, how you should be looking to marriage and stuff. And she's saying that if they're forcing the marriage idea that you should, like, leave them. And I think what she's trying to say, I will be very gracious, is that if you're not really sure and they're pushing it, like, right away, that is actually, like, a huge sign of abuse. Somebody trying to, like, nail down the relationship so they can keep you. Um, but she also, like... <laughs> has previously in other sections said things that would push you into wanting to get married as fast as possible one being that you shouldn't have sex before marriage which she points out and says you shouldn't get married just to have sex but if you take two horny people stick them in a room long enough and say like don't do this they're gonna do it it's how it works and every single person ever said heard say something like that or like oh yeah I say this because like I had a ton of sex as a kid oh my gosh it was horrible and it's like you only have guilt because someone told you to have guilt about this later like you didn't care until now whatever um but she's got we'll get into that later she has her reasons and it's not just 
It's not just a shame, you girls, okay? The next is that you are unequally yoked. Yes, did we just literally see in the should I date unequally yoked? And then in this one here, we're unequally yoked. Yes, you did. She's repeating herself. If it's a non-Christian, it's an immediate breakup. Can't make this shit up. Um, yeah. The next is he has secrets or is dishonest. Basically, is he shady? Break up with him. You don't need a Christian course for that. Just go to your local middle school. Some girl will probably tell you that. Um, the next is that he is immature, which is a subjective thing. So I don't really know what she means by immature. I find most Christian men to be deeply immature because they have absolutely no skills, like especially like emotionally with other people. Um, so I don't know what she mean by that. And she doesn't really explain it. So we will leave it there because the next portion is more about if we're already dating. So the next portion that I had to do was called three signs of a godly relationship um so this is good so now we're in the relationship and what tells me that I shouldn't just dump this guy right now <sighs> these are our signs so if you're in a relationship really think about are these the signs you're seeing God gives you advice I love this portion because she went like in depth about like quote-unquote advice she got from God. I did none of it even sounded like advice. And who the hell knew who where these ideas were floating in her brain? Like, that's the other thing. I don't think I've really talked about this a lot, but it's pretty obvious now that I've been out of it long enough. People in Christianity will have just, like, random thoughts. And if the thought is, like, very helpful or in hindsight was the correct gut feeling that will be a god thought if it was a bad thought that didn't help you or maybe you were off or maybe um this is common your gut feeling was off because maybe you're traumatized this happens a lot so you overreact um then that feeling is from satan <clears throat> so basically none of your feelings or anything you're doing are really your own and none of your thoughts are your own they're either directly from god or directly from satan and if you don't think about god then the satan thoughts will come in and anything that's not what the church says is a satan thought this like thought life this pure thought life is a huge i mean we had entire youth group sessions about pure thought lives and what are we thinking is our thoughts on god that's an immense amount of pressure to put a kid on especially kids that are like neurodivergent and their brains are always like going here there and the other place um also like it's just unrealistic no one unless your job is pastor no i take that back pastors don't even always think about god because pastors got to think about like lunch and going home and driving and like it's just crazy one time when I was editing um a blog at my college, there was this girl, oh my God, every week, a freaking like Christian message, uh, why God said it's okay that Trump said, you know, grab him by the P word. Um, That was literally a title of one of her articles, you know, why we should all find a man for God. Like it was all that. I finally said, you gotta freaking stop with the God stuff. This is a Christian college and I'm going crazy. No, you're crazy. So she finally, I thought, wrote a not God one. It was called Why I Like to Drive in the Car, which, whatever. A lot of people like to drive. It's like a relatable thing. Do you know why she liked to drive in the car? Because she got alone time with God. I actually cried. When I, like, read that part, I closed my laptop and I cried because I was so tired of all of it. I was also, like, really sick. But, like, I definitely, most of the crying is because of the article. 
Um, at the time, her boyfriend, she dumped him on his birthday and then he stopped. No, different girl dumped him on his birthday and that's when he stopped being a Christian. Anyway, her super fascist boyfriend, who's still a fascist, he just doesn't put the Christian fascist part in front of it. But at the time, he was a full Christian fascist. He wrote an article why multiculturalism is a sin. So they were a great couple. She's reproduced twice now, too. So everyone should stop and say a prayer that those kids will break generational curses and be atheist lesbians. So um, anyway, let's get back to the part that matters. And that is your girls. Um, of course, she's taking and not the weird fascist people she went to college with. So the next part was um, her sex part. And this is where she talks about, like, thought thought life. I said thought life, LOL. Um, and this is what I wrote on her sexual purity section. Um, by the way, if you even want to have sex with your husband, not allowed. Literally, you're not allowed to think about sex until they put the ring on your finger. And then your brain will actually, like, the ring, it, when it touches your skin, your brain goes, oh, sex, that's a thing. And then it explodes, and that's how it works. Anything other than that is uh, abnormal and totally something that i'm sorry i can only be sarcastic for so long i'll stop but anyway she's crazy um so this is what i wrote because the first question somebody asked her was can can you date someone you don't have any physical attraction to i've seen this happen a lot in christian culture where women just think like the first guy they date they have to i mean i did this but anyway um like the first guy they date like they have to marry and like Sometimes, like, I've heard girls say, like, oh, I don't have to worry about purity because, like, I don't even think of sex with my boyfriend at all. That, 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 talk about relationship red flags. If you date someone and you're not on the asexual spectrum and you don't feel any romantic attraction, you certainly aren't lusting after them, maybe take note. You're not sexually compatible. Um, that's just Elena's actual licensed therapist's word of wisdom of the day my dearest. All right, let's continue. So this is what I wrote about her sex, her sex section. So let's all get excited. Woman explains sexual versus romantic versus platonic relationships like only a dumb straight woman absolutely can and should not. My next line is, sis, God created physical attraction. She said that verbatim, um, which is her reasoning as to why you should be physically attracted to your husband, but not be horny for him but still be physically attracted to him until you're married. Then you can be horny and physically attracted. But until you're married, the horny has to wait, which is crazy. Cause by the way, well, libido, I'll just put that word out there. If you don't know what it means, look it up. I'm not going to explain it. Sometimes you're just horny for nothing. And that's just what happens, especially teenagers. So I don't really want to get into that one, but her next, uh, my next line, sorry, I'm still on the sex one, is why we shouldn't have sex. So before was like, why, wait, how did she break it up? Oh, one is, should you be physically attracted to your husband? The other is, should you have sex? Wow, we're really fucking people up when they're asking the literal question, should I be physically attracted to my, like, okay. Um, her reasons for not having sex are this. It's not just about God. It's, uh, think of the children. I didn't get this at first, um, but she is saying that because of premarital sex, that is why we have unwanted children and single mothers. And it has nothing to do with the politics. I have a very bad feeling that you uh, 
you may or may not hold. Uh, the next line I wrote was condoms don't exist, don't sex for fear of treatable diseases. Oh, yeah. Um, we're all getting herpes if we have sex. Except for if, again, you use condoms and, um, yeah. So anyway, all I wrote was condoms don't exist. We don't have sex for fear of treatable disease. And think of the children. The next reason we aren't having sex, until we're married, of course, because like I said, when you put your ring on it, it actually activates a part in your brain. They put a chip in you when you were born. Oh my God, actually, I shouldn't say that. I'll have QAnon on here. Um, Know your worth by denying your libido. She didn't say libido. I think she said denying your pleasure, but I said denying your libido. So basically what she said is if you're horny, you don't know your worth and you'll only know your worth if you unhorny. What would you do if I showed up to her church with like free vibrators? The masturbation station at the church. Oh God, I hate saying that out loud, but yeah, really like, oh, do you need to go jerk one off? Well, know your worth, bitch, and just <laughs> go drink ice water. Um, And then the next reason, this one's really, really problematic. I'm actually going to give another trigger warning. Please skip like at least the next five minutes. I think this is where the problematic part of purity culture really comes in. Um, If you need to leave the room because you're in a group, no one in the group asks questions, but just know that. Um, Her reasoning is to avoid soul ties. I'm going to tell you what she means by that and that I'm going to explain my sassy Elena version. So she's saying... That when you have sex, you just... I'm going to be very graphic here because, frankly, this is how graphic they were with me when I was 13. And you know what? It was inappropriate to have it described this way to me by someone who had absolutely no authority to do so. So I am going to describe it how I was also taught this. You are taught that if you have sex with someone, part of yourself goes with them. And you create a soul tie that you could never break because sex is the one way you can fully give yourself to someone. And basically what would happen and this also would be like in divorce anything with sex is like pastors would take two pieces of paper glued together or two pieces of like wood like I guess you can glue wood together and rip it apart and show where like some of the parts obviously ripped off when you pulled it apart and say that that's what happens when you have sex is you leave part of yourself with that person they'd also push this with divorce that that's why we shouldn't get divorced is because you uh, emotionally damage yourself. Basically, it's the idea of emotional virginity. And that's what this is getting at, is it's not just your physical virginity. You'll also damage your soul when you do this, which is so problematic and so wrong. I can't describe the depths of how bad that is. That is the most shameful, incorrect thing I have ever heard. This is not true at all. But this is how I wrote it down because I have to pass her test, by the way, at the end and write forum posts. Well, I don't have to. I just, I want to get all, I'm a completionist, okay? I have 100% on all my video games. Anyway, I wrote, sex does a weird Evangelion ass thing and you morph with the person. You'll get depressed because you loved your boyfriend too much. And that's basically what she said. Also, the Evangelion thing you don't get that there are 26 episodes available on netflix and a movie and you will maybe get it after that and if you don't get it after that there's a Crunchyroll video explaining actually what happened in neon genesis evangelion but the whole like we morph together and become one like it's too literal it's disgusting it's disgusting this is why girls uh stay in abusive relationships that's what i'm saying don't go in an abusive relationship, but if you have sex with them, you've soul-tied with them. That's bullshit. What's that say to a rape victim? 
what does that say to the girls that pass through are raping every day? Like, I cannot, like, this just so gross. And if pastors really do believe this, they are obsessed clearly with having sex with virgins because they need that, like, soul tie power. You know what I mean? It's a power trip. It's just, it's so disgusting. This is easily the most, I, I will just say this, this is easily the most damaging thing I was ever taught as a kid. I still have issues with this teaching. Period. It completely fucks you up. I don't, like, I didn't feel safe being emotionally close to people because I thought I was giving up emotional virginity. Like, that is like, okay. <sighs> Open up to people. It's fine. There's no such thing as emotional virginity. And if somebody wrongs you, that's on them. It has nothing to do with you. Not, not everything goes back to you and how you should have done better. Some things are just not your fucking fault. And that's it. Moving on, because we're still on the fucking sex thing. Sex is better, actually best, when you don't know how bad and unfulfilling it is. Um, if you have no frame of reference, it can't suck. Um, so basically, she said, uh, if you wait until you have sex with only one person, you'll never know if it's bad or not, because you'll never have had other sex to compare it to, and that people in marriages where the sex sucks would uh, not have ever gotten divorced if they didn't know it was bad because they weren't virgins. And if that didn't make sense, that's because it doesn't make sense. If sex is bad, sex is bad. Frame of reference shouldn't matter. You know what you want and you need, and if you aren't getting that, then it needs to be a discussion, period. That's how sexual consent and communication works. Boom. All right, next one, and this is the last one. Oh, I also wrote also edging is important. She talks about when you're horny, like calming yourself down and not going through it. And so I just wrote that she's really into edging because like she was really hyper on that one. Like, I don't know if she knows she's into edging. I don't know if she knows what that means, but um, she definitely likes it based on everything she's saying in here. So when all else spells, just freaking edge yourself until you're married. It doesn't matter how long. Anyway, um, she's gooding. Oh, my God. She's gooning. So, oh, no, there's more. Okay, sorry. So now we're, I misread that. After gooning, so she's telling you to goon. Um, you don't want to have sex with your boyfriend because it is honoring someone, your future husband. So I wrote honoring someone you don't know yet. And she says this, again, incredibly damaging language, that uh, when you marry your husband and you're a virgin, you're like an unwrapped gift. And if somebody else has already had sex with you, it's like being given a gift somebody else opened. You don't own women and you don't own their sexuality. Only women individually own their own sexuality. Virginity is a myth. It's not even real because virginity in Christian culture is P&B sex, which obviously lesbians are not having. Gay men are not having. There are gay men who don't even do penetrative sex. Sorry, I'm being so graphic, but this is important. There are people that never penetrate in sex. And then you're going to make virginity be this penetrative thing that can do all these things. The next is that not having sex with your boyfriend is an endurance test. Um, so it's to see, <laughs> it's to see how far you can go without giving into the flesh. I wrote that it is actually just becoming a really great submissive for your future partner. I've done enough sex talk today. But yeah, if you, uh, if you can deal with holding off a lot, you might make a really cool sub and be good at edging. Edging and subbing, two things this woman likes. <sighs> the next, 
is that she says sex doesn't solve any problems. You may think so. She's like, yeah, you know when you get married and you think you have a problem, you can just fuck it out and, like, that'll be fine and you'll just have sex. Like, she doesn't say it like this because she doesn't swear. But, like, she basically is like, oh, if you argue, like, you think you're going to have to have sex and that'll just fix it. But, no, you have to communicate. So I wrote down for my test 99 problems and sex solves none of them. Which is true. Jay-Z did say 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. So he was getting railed by Beyonce. So he was fine. Um, The next I wrote was true love waits girl. And then the other is that sex, not having sex saves money. I still don't know. Like, does it save money? Like, does it save money to not have sex with your boyfriend? Like, there wasn't really a good explanation. It'll save money. Why? We don't know. So this is the sex portion. We're done with that. Now we're on to the um, bad relationships God protected you from. Don't have sex. And here's how God protected you from maybe your sex. Here's the the signs that God protected you. The first is that the person moved away. God protected you by moving them out of your state. The next... The next thing that means a relationship is bad and God protected you from it was you and that person broke up. That's my favorite point because it's like how to know if someone doesn't like you. They break up with you. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what, though? She did say earlier you might be able to get married if God's testing you. So I could see someone being like, oh, they broke up with me. That's a test from me. Like, I can see that. The next is if they cheat on you. No shit. The next is if your family hates them. Unless your family sucks, no shit. And then the next is you don't have peace about it. She uses, like, I don't have peace about it, which is ultimately a gut feeling. Which is the other thing. Don't give in to your feelings, but do give in to your gut feelings if it matches what I have to say about all of this. Crazy. This bitch is crazy. I have no respect for her. By this point is when I had lost all respect. The next portion, and this is the longest, this is a mini course, bitch. This took forever. And everything she has to say is complete and utter. Like, she, by the way, I should also put this out there. This woman has no degree, nothing. She is literally pulling this out of her ass based on the Bible. And she's written literally two books about women dating and being better dating, like, wives and stuff. So she's, like, making money off this. Well. How to know a man is serious. He pursues you. Whatever. Actions speak louder than words. Duh. He's committed to you. Duh. He's proud of you. No shit. A man of his word. Some of these are like, how to know a man likes you. He's committed to you. Like, oh my God. Like, if you have to break that down, how socially, like, what a social primate you have to be. How to know if he's your future uh, husband. He loves you as much as he loves himself and he loves the church. This is interesting because her husband was actually not a Christian when she dated him. This is so interesting. She actually doesn't follow any of her own advice in, like, any of her life. But her husband wasn't even a Christian when she dated him. She apparently dumped him and then they got back together. But, like, that's also coercion. I won't date you until you become a Christian. Oh, I, like, really like you, so I'm going to do that. Like, that's coercive. Um, The next is that he's a spiritual head. He'll leave his family for you. Which just means that he'll move in with you. I thought that was only something we talked about in, like, you know, like, ancient times. But uh, apparently she believes that, too. And that you respect him. So if you respect your hu- uh, man, girls, he might be your husband. But if you don't respect him, he's probably just a boyfriend. Wow, wow, wow. 
Ugh, I got so angry halfway through this. She's such a piece of shit, though. Oh, my lord. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we did the why we shouldn't have sex. She's going to give you tips on how to overcome lust. I'm just going to read them. You know the song, um, Putting on the Armor of God or whatever? There's some, like, I'm in the Army of God song, and you actually list the armor you're going to put on. She might as well just sang this song and hung up the thing, because this is bullshit. That's what she said. You're going to overcome lust by your choice weapon, which is God's word, or the sword, sword of the spirit. Okay, and you will fight, you will fight, you will hit, you will hit lust with your Bible. Um, you can flee fornication. I don't really know how that's, like... You will fight your fornication. No, I'm sorry. You'll fight your horniness with scripture. So you're going to flee fornication and fight horniness with scripture. And then you'll love God. That's how it's done. Um, Yeah. Give me my discount at Beleza. Code in the description. No, just kidding. Uh, why would God end a relationship? It is toxic or unhealthy. It is not God's best for you, and it's the wrong time. Again, these aren't... This is, like, kind of very Joshua Harris, and I don't like his stating goodbye. What a horrifying book. But she's a very much... Actually, I should say she's fully into that book because she does call it courting after a while. She's like, now we're past dating. We're into courting. Like, okay. Me and Mr. Darcy are courting over here, I guess. I don't even think those fucks called it courting. Whatever. You know what? The next is, uh, what spiritual warfare will you face when you're really dating a man of God? And that is confusion, spirit of fear, and overwhelming loss. So confusion is you will be faced with a big spiritual question that you will have to answer. Your spirit of fear is just that you're afraid of things. And overwhelming loss is someone will die in your life or you will lose someone because they will move away. All right. And then it says he won't marry you if God won't allow it. All right. And then our next section was um, why sex is important. Uh, basically, this is the uh, thesis of that section. Sex is important, but Satan ruined it. So basically, it was God had sex figured out, but then Satan made it so we would want to sex uh, before we were supposed to. Which is incredible that God made uh, sex a marriage thing, considering marriage was made up by humans. Not even in the beginning of the Bible, because Adam and Eve were actually never, like, well, they're not real people. But, like, in the story, they weren't married. So. Good to God. Uh, when you need to move on. So these are the last two sections. When you need to move on. When you need to end it. I don't know the difference between moving on and ending it. So it's time to move on when he shows his true colors. I haven't voiced it. This is the fifth or sixth time throughout these videos and like this course that she has used. He shows his true colors as a reason for either ending or not dating someone. Um, She could have just said it the one time, but she continues to repeat it like it's this incredible like, oh, he showed his ass. Like, girly Beyonce's been singing about this. Like, Carly Simon, you're so vain. Like, come on, girl. Come on. Like, I just cannot. She acts like she's like got the corner on very mediocre and common advice. The next is your assignment is complete with that person. And this is where I want to go back to like dating with a purpose. This whole idea that you have an assignment with who you're dating from God is very transactional and very 
uh, wrong. Um, dating shouldn't be transactional and to view it as a transaction is that you give me this and I give you that. Like there is a collaboration and there will be compromise and there are, you know, working things out like you would with anybody. But <laughs> like transactionally being like my assignment with you is complete. I taught you enough about God, but we should not get married like that. And like, how do you know? Because like you can't do anything legitimately intimate with these caveats we've created so i don't know and like your assignment like that wording is so effed you have an assignment with that person you were only in their life for this season like you were used like you've used each other it's just very wrong the next is he's no good for you i love that he's no good for you and this is when you need to end it. These are non-negotiables. Even though we already did a deal breaker list, we all have an end it list. He has bad character. He's an idol. And then the last one, this is my all-time favorite. Maybe you should dump your boyfriend because God gave you the gift of celibacy. Wow. And that was my uh, dating discernment for women mini course i kind of sped through that um it was brutal to get through everything was very uninteresting and poorly done and um a lot of her points were either completely unrealistic or something that she herself wouldn't even do but would tell us to do i will say she gives the information like it's a well-produced video it's not like a low effort in that regards but you know she's not putting actual work and like time into any of this she's just like basically pulling shit out of her ass that's been rehashed for years amongst evangelical circles and it's really really bad um i don't recommend her stuff i did look into her i mean She's exactly what you think someone who has these views would be. Uh, yeah, the only, the one plus I'll give her is she's very, very outspoken throughout this about relational abuse. My bigger issue is she doesn't really give you signs of what that is. So you wouldn't really know what's abuse and what's not. Um, so as much as I praise her for being like, you shouldn't be abused, she frankly doesn't explain it and gives you no tips on how to actually avoid abuse. She just says, don't do it. I don't want to totally knock her, but this is also... The, the, these are the, the reasons that evangelicals tend to look like clowns is because they don't bring people who actually know what they're talking about. And if you are actually like an educated person on that particular subject, you could be very helpful and useful in helping women who are exceptionally vulnerable to these concerns um, feel safe. But alas, they would rather have a woman whose claim to fame is, uh, as she says, staying a virgin until marriage, which is better than a college degree because baby... She edged it for, I don't know how old she was when she got married, but she edged it for a while. So, you know, comment, what what did you learn? Um, are you going to try edging yourself until you're married now? Um, are you going to do endurance tests? Um, are you going to lose weight for marriage? That one, that one effing pissed me off. Are you going to bring soul ties into the mix? Girls... Who's the craziest man you have a soul tie to? Man, that's wild. The soul tie idea. That means like Princess Diana had a soul tie to King Charles. And that should make us all stop and pause and think, 
that's not right. So anyway, that's all for today, guys. I don't have much more in me, and I'm pretty triggered at this point. So thanks for listening. I hope you had a blast. Uh, next week, I'll probably do War on Christmas, and then after that, I might just do a year wrap-up before we go back to uh, my sex course here. So thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.